Hello, everyone. This is Caleb McLemore of the Internet World Order going solo for a moment because Austin had this idea where we kind of wanted to release a little, I guess, like mini episode to help celebrate Halloween. And so this is my recommendations. You'll also hear from Austin of things he wants to give as well. But these are my personal recommendations of if you really want to get into the Halloween season, especially with the way this year is going to be. You want some stuff to watch, play, whatever it may be. These are my recommendations. First, we're going to start with movies. That's kind of where my list is going to be the shortest. Let's let's be honest, because I'm not a big horror guy. In fact, thanks to this podcast, this is the most horror movies I've ever watched. Thanks to having to record these episodes. But there's still some movies I can recommend. The first one being uh, the Zombieland movies. Now, I know the first one is pretty well regarded, but what people forget is that a sequel came out uh, last year. And unlike a lot of sequels that come out to that come out years later, sometimes over 10 years later, especially if they're comedies, Zombieland Double Tap is legitimately hilarious. And they actually the timeline just jumps forward. They all the characters age. They don't try to do that weird thing where they try to pretend that no one has actually gotten older and they actually just have a good time. And they, it's more of what you liked from the first one, but with things ramped up even more and it's just really funny. And so I highly recommend that. Uh, I would definitely also recommend watching uh, blade. So you can understand why you need to put respect on that man's name. Because Blade deserves all the respect in the world. And I know the first movie is on Hulu. I don't know if they have the second. You can forget the third exists. It doesn't exist. I like it for cheesy reasons because I'm a sucker for Triple H's bad acting. But the first one's definitely on there. I just don't know about the second. And so, and of course, I'm always going to recommend The Nightmare Before Christmas. It may be a bit of a cop-out to some people, but I personally have always liked the movie. And I've only come to like it more over the years. Because it's just a well-done, and I've always had amazing respect for people that have the patience to actually do stop-motion with you know clay figures and all that. Like Anyone who has the patience to do that, you have earned my respect. Because that's just, that's just not easy. Now, we'll get to comics this i can recommend some other things the first one unsurprisingly is a batman comic and no it is not the long halloween though if it doesn't get mentioned by austin i would recommend the long halloween it's an excellent book and there's a reason why it's kind of the besides the fact it has the word halloween in its name there's a reason why it's a go-to comic for the spooky season but the batman comic i want to recommend is called Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. This came out a couple of decades ago, I think at this point, like late 80s. And if you were to look it up now, it's under DC's Black Label. Now, this deals with good old Amadeus Arkham and Batman having to go in and find out about the secret of they found some of they found his journal and you kind of get 
insight into the descent into madness that the founder of Arkham Asylum went into and how he went from being this grieving person just trying to do right by the world to being mentally broken to the point he has to be admitted to his own asylum. And the art style will immediately jump out at you of like, this is meant to be just like, it's meant to disorient you. It's meant to just take you off guard and just have you sitting there going, what is happening? Like if you're uncomfortable, it's working and it's meant to, because just the way that they're drawn and not going to lie, like sometimes keeping with some of the speech bubbles is a little difficult, but I think that is by design. And it even mentions some villains that don't usually get a lot of love in Batman comics now, like Maxi Zeus, actually get mentioned in this comic, and it's pretty cool. And it definitely doesn't end the way you think it will. So I definitely would recommend that because it's something different. And trust me, like I said, from the very first page, you will immediately understand why I recommend this for Halloween. The other comic I recommend it's kind of a two part because it's there are two graphic novels that are put together. That is night of the living Deadpool and return of the living Deadpool. Essentially, as the name suggests, it's a Deadpool comic. That's kind of like night of the living dead. Even kind of has that same, uh, style where it kind of is reminiscent of night of the living dead and, or, um, or of like, of, uh, the walking dead and it's in silly Deadpool humor and it has this weird balance to where it has the silliness and jokes that naturally comes with any Deadpool comic and, but still manages to have stakes. We are just like, Oh, there's actually stuff going on here. And even someone who's as close as you can be to being immortal as Deadpool is without actually having the ability where there's stakes even for him. And Night of the Living Deadpool is the first one, as the names would suggest. I'm not going to spoil it because I would highly, highly recommend to read it. But it definitely takes a turn you're not expecting. That leads into Return of the Living Deadpool. And it's just, I don't want to give away too much, but just know it's Deadpool in a zombie story. And it's only, and it's done in a way that only Deadpool could do. So, and the last one, I won't say too much on it because one, it's a classic. Two, I have a feeling Austin will talk about this and wax poetically about it since it does involve the Green Lantern uh, core. That is Blackest Night. It is essentially another zombie story, but it is so good. Because just like the Forever Evil that we covered, it's a big crossover event that involves everybody. So everyone gets involved. It has even side stories. So there's the main novel series of Blackest Night where you deal with the Black Lantern Rings and their whole gimmick is death. And Black Hand is basically trying to take over using his lantern uh, core and Hal Jordan has to stand up and stop him. It's also great because you get to watch Hal Jordan and Barry Allen be really good friends, which is a dynamic you don't get to see too often. And I wish we would honestly see more of because they work really well off of each other. 
but like I said, I have a feeling uh, that one's going to be talked about a lot in Austin's recommendations. So just know it's a classic and you should read it because it's phenomenal. And when it comes to video games, the biggest one I'm going to say is uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Because now that it's been out for over a year, I think at this point, year and a half, you should be able to find it uh, either cheap or I would guess with our, with Halloween coming up, you might be able to find it on sale. I cannot recommend it enough because it is scary. It is. They, they took what they did with Resident Evil 7, which I also recommend. And I'll talk about that game in a second. But. They took the idea of Resident Evil 7 of doing really good sound design where you're convinced every little noise you hear is out to kill you and just ramp it up. But they also keep it true to the original game of Resident Evil 2 that came out on the PS1. And that comes with both good and bad because there are little things that maybe if you start playing Resident Evil from like Resident Evil 4 or 5 onward, you're not aware of the fact that things like an RE2 where the knife could break. It had a durability bar and you could have multiple knives. And if you stabbed a zombie with it to save yourself, you would have to kill that zombie to get the knife back. And some people might not like that. And I get it. It's different. It took a little bit of getting used to on my own part to be okay with it. But little things like that, you'll, you'll learn to do resource management to where it won't bother you. And the, and the story is just fantastic because you got Leon and you have Claire, you have the A story and the B story. And now canonically Leon does a Claire does B, but you can also do it where you switch it and Claire, you do the A story with Claire and the B story with Leon. So technically you can play through this game four times. And the best part is even kept the goofier things in. Like if you get an A rank, I think it's either A or S. I cannot remember. You get to unlock tofu. And for those that don't know, tofu is a it's literally just a cube, a tofu with a raccoon city police hat on. And you play the game as a cube of tofu. And that's something you can unlock. And they also have a bunch of stuff thrown in of uh, kind of like time, almost like time trials, essentially, where you play as other people that were in the story of Resident Evil 2 and play unique scenarios uh, based on their story. So I definitely recommend that. I recommend RE7. And the biggest reason I recommend RE7 is just because of the fact it helped bring the franchise back from the dead. Ironically, ironic wording aside, because Resident Evil, after Resident Evil 6, the, the franchise was in a very bad, bad place. And RE7 just brought the franchise back. And it's great it the the baker family is some of the best characters i know some people have mixed feelings on marguerite and especially on the son lucas but everybody can agree that jack baker is the best he makes that game i would recommend it to play it just for the first third where you play against jack before you move on to the other family members like i said with that game that's now been out for three years you can definitely find that game for cheap and the DLC, uh, the DLC that was with Chris Redfield, it's it's okay. It's not that 
it's not all, it's not really all that good, but it was free, so you know, no harm, no foul. But the other DLC, especially the end of Zoe, we get to play as Jack Baker's brother, uh, and you get to basically go punch zombie alligators. Need I say more? So definitely RE2 and RE7. And if maybe you want something a little, maybe like as action focused, maybe you want something with a little more story, I would recommend the Telltale Walking Dead games. Uh, there's three seasons. I mean, there's technically also the thing they did with Michonne, but if you don't want to count that, since that's that was essentially a big tie-in with the series itself, if you want to do the one that uh, follows Clementine, they're good. You'll find them for pretty cheap now, since especially the first two seasons are been a lot have been around for years. Uh, they're great choice based games, where you're stuck with pretty hard choices at times, and you're dealing with zombies, cannibals, cult leaders, all the typical stuff you expect out of a zombie game, and it's just a great time all around. And I want to make sure I got this uh, correct. Uh, The last game I'd recommend is a goofier indie game I discovered uh, where you play as these metalheads that um, you're in the zombie apocalypse and the, but not even the zombies can stop you from rocking out. And it's a rhythm game. So, I discovered it gets pretty difficult on controllers, so maybe it is better if you play on a keyboard. But it's called Double Kick Heroes. And it's done in pixel art. Like I said, you're on this, like, you're on your car, and as you're going along to the rhythm, you're taking out zombies. And you got to sometimes decide which keys you're pressing in which order, so that way you aim high or low to keep the zombies off of you. And it's just, it's goofy in the best way possible to where... You're just sitting there almost laughing at the ridiculousness of it, especially with some of the, I guess you could say like super zombies they introduce. And you will either love or roll your eyes at all of the, <laughs> at all of the uh, references they make to like uh, Machete and uh, Metallica and others. But I will say my one warning is be re- if you're going to play this on controller like I have, it does get brutal after you get through a few levels because it's asking you to move at a rate that I'm not too sure you're supposed to be able to move on a uh, on a controller. So I definitely would recommend uh, keyboard. So those would be the biggest things I recommend. And oh, I just I almost forgot one. Uh, go play. Alice Madness Returns. I know I talked about it a little bit already. So if you listen to the previous video game episode we talked about, uh, you're familiar with it already. But just in case, if maybe this is your first episode you're listening to, uh, it's basically Alice in Wonderland, but warped because Alice's family died in a fire and Alice has gone insane. So Wonderland is now this like nightmarish, just hellscape. And you got to navigate it. Now, Madness Returns is a sequel. If you want to play the original, it came out in the late 90s and it is fun, but it does have like kind of the stiffness and let's be honest, jank of a late 90s PC game. 
but it's still interesting. So, but that's my disclaimer if you are to go out and try that. But Madness Returns came on 360. It will be dirt cheap at this point. Uh, it does take a little get used to on the controls. But once you get used to how everything moves and how everything uh, operates, I think it's cool. And the story is nice and twisted, just like you would need for this time of the year. So those are my recommendations. I hope all of you have a fantastic Halloween. Whether you decide to read some comics, watch some movies, or play some games, or some combination of the three. Whatever you do, I hope it's fun, and I cannot wait to talk to you guys with our future episodes, because we have some fantastic stuff planned, and I look forward to talking about it with Austin, and I will see y'all next time. See you later, guys. Hey everyone, it's Austin Cook, and I am so pleased and excited to have this very special episode of the Internet World Order. Normally, we do a very uh, straightforward pattern, I would say, and a lot of the time we do movies, wrestling, comics, maybe a video game, something video game related, and then we repeat that cycle over and over again. It's something we like to do, and something that's worked well for us, except for, you know, the Teen Titans uh, series breakdown. But I had this bright idea of doing themed recommendations and not just for Halloween. Uh, most of it's going to be for Halloween just because it's that time of year. And November's kind of weird because you have like <laughs> this cutoff between, you know, the Halloween season and then Christmas. And everyone's like, well, I mean, Thanksgiving's kind of, you know, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's mostly about being with your family. You know, there's not like really a special theme and turkey doesn't really count. So as Caleb probably mentioned earlier, I'm actually going to be dropping some of my recommendations. There will be movies. There is going to be a couple comic books and some TV shows because he actually named quite a few uh, video games and he kind of took uh, some of my answers and some of the ones that I had in mind, which is funny. But <laughs> I think that I will go ahead and get started with my list. And I'm definitely a horror nerd, so you probably won't be surprised by a lot of the answers that I give. <laughs> anyway, my first recommendation is a Halloween classic, and it's 11 years old now. It's called Trick or Treat. It's probably one of the best horror anthology series besides Creepshow, besides Tale from the Dark Side. It's up there in the pantheon of growing horror movies that have developed a cult following. And I wouldn't say that everyone in the mainstream knows about this movie because, well, it's not like, you know, it didn't break records like Halloween and it's not as iconic as like other, you know, like Freddy Krueger, for example, or Jason Voorhees. I don't know why I trailed off there for a second, but <laughs> you know, this that's kind of the the realm that we're going into with that. But I would say that Trick or Treat is not only one of the best anthologies, but it has some really unique and inventive ideas that all intertwine throughout the night because there's somewhat of a central story and there's a main character that we follow throughout, Sam, who's this little you think he's a kid, but he's a Halloween monster with a bag on his head. And <laughs> he creates havoc and chaos wherever he goes. He's kind of adorable. 
hand, we see all these different stories about killer kids, werewolves, uh, a murderous. I can't remember if he's a principal or not. I need to watch the movie again. That's something I've made a habit of watching every fall or October at least. And I, I love this movie. I, I think you would too, especially if you have a stomach for gore. It's a lot of fun. It's a little gross, but if you can get past that, I think you'll enjoy it. And another film that I would recommend that's a little bit more holiday themed is Black Christmas, which is a great Halloween movie, but it's also a great Christmas movie as well. And I'm talking about Black Christmas 1974. So the OG one, Uh, I haven't actually, well, I saw the 2006 remake, but it's been a really long time. The 1974 version is the one that inspired, you know, Michael Myers and Halloween and really set this new standard for slashers. And it, you know, it wasn't the first slasher. It wasn't the first slasher, but it definitely wasn't the last. And I think that if you haven't seen it, you should definitely give it a shot. It is very creepy. It's very intense. And the gore is minimal. It's just a great horror movie that definitely influenced a lot of other films. I personally feel like it doesn't get the credit it deserves. That's just my opinion. So if you have the opportunity to, it's on Blu-ray. It should be on some streaming services. I love it. If you get the chance, please, please, please give this movie a shot. It is awesome. Another movie is The Thing from 1982. Surprise, surprise. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Definitely one of my favorite horror movies ever. It should be no surprise that it's on this list. A lot of you have probably already seen it, but the reason that I'm bringing it up is because it's a movie that demands rewatches. There's the story is very simple. It's very straightforward, but you'll notice small little details about everything that John Carpenter puts in there and definitely small details that the actors bring out that you're like, Oh wow, I didn't even realize that. And at certain points you try to pinpoint like when, you know, someone was infected because this movie is all about an alien that shows up and tries to take over the world. Of course, you know, that's not exactly an original idea, but (laughs) it's very much a timely idea. And is all about the paranoia that these people are feeling and the fact that they're isolated. They don't know who is an alien now. They're trying to figure it out, but it's scary to think about. And the alien does not mess around. The gore in this movie is who we, the gore is definitely something that will make you feel gross. It's very well done. And that's the highest compliment that I can give it. It was not critically well received at the time that it was released, but Oh man, People were wrong about this one because this movie is excellent and I'm willing to live with that idea for the rest of my life because (laughs) I refuse to back down from the idea that this is not only one of the best horror films ever made, but one of the most important films in cinema in general. And I hope that you would agree with me, but not everyone can be right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there's another movie. Uh, one last one that I want to recommend. It is called Pontypool, and it is about a radio DJ who is in Canada. And he it's another just another winter night. He and his radio station are taking some calls and they start to get some weird. Some weird things start happening in the town. And that's when he realizes that there's a zombie outbreak in the town. And we hardly see these zombies until they start getting to the radio station and, you know, things start to really go south. But one of my favorite things about this entire movie is that Pontypool is, well, it's the the town. But the radio DJ is trying so hard to kind of spin this and make a story and 
try to figure out where to go from there. It's I can't spoil it. I, I feel like I'm going to spoil it if I try and describe more of this movie to you. So it would be a great, great choice for you to watch if you can find it anywhere. I haven't been able to find it on Prime or Netflix, but it should be somewhere. It's a crime if it's not, but it should be available for rental if you can find it or if there's any way that you can watch it. This is another one that's a little bit more of a slow burn, but it really has some great moments, and I highly, highly recommend it to you. I cannot say enough about it. Anyway, let's move on to some stuff other than movies. We are a channel that does more than movies. I would really love to talk about uh, The Long Halloween, which Caleb mentioned. I actually listened to his his little bit before we went on. I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, which might surprise you. But <laughs> the thing about this movie, or not this movie, gosh, I'm still in the, the movie zone. The thing about this comic book is that it is probably one of the best ever to be written. And I know that a lot of people say that about Batman comics because there's a ton. Batman's popular for a reason. This comic book is all about the holiday killer who they call Calendar. And he always strikes on holiday throughout an entire year. And Batman and the Gotham City Police Department are desperately trying to figure out what do we do? How do we stop this person? And who is it? We don't know who it is. And it's a great mystery. It's just a strong, strong story. And it's cliche to talk about it, but you have to read it. It's everywhere. It's probably I've seen it in every comic book store and every bookstore for that. I'm just saying it's everywhere. <laughs> if you have the chance, pick it up, rent it if you want. I recommend buying it. Keep comic books alive. We love our comic book industry and we want to keep seeing them thrive. So if you have the ability to buy it, you will not be disappointed, especially if you love comic books. So that's what I'm going to say. But <laughs> I'm not going to say any more on that because I just think you should read it. Anyway, another comic that I would like to talk about is actually a series and you guys will be familiar with this name his name's alan moore and if you don't know who i'm talking about well <laughs> he wrote watchmen and he wrote the comic series league of extraordinary gentlemen gentlemen which is excellent and very different from the movie <laughs> a lot of his movies tend to be drastically reimagined from what his actual source material is like and that happens in the creative process but he also did From Hell and his run on Swamp Thing, which was in the 80s, is one of my favorite runs in comics. And it's horror influenced. There's underwater vampires in parts of it. It's also the comic series that introduced Constantine. We got Constantine because of Alan Moore. I love Constantine and I'm sure you would too. The more that you would read this run, it's available in print everywhere. People love Swamp Thing and for good reason. I fell in love with this because it's not just a horror comic, but it deals with philosophies that most people didn't expect from a lot of comic books because believe it or not, comic books for the longest time were not seen as high art or something that wasn't for kids. And there's so many comic books that prove that otherwise. And it's something different from Batman. We get so many different, like interesting ways of dealing with these different philosophies and ideas and, the meaning of our existence and what it means to truly be alive and also what scares us. I cannot recommend this enough. It is amazing. If you have comiXology, I believe the first three volumes are on there. 
so so good <laughs> i would encourage you to read it as soon as you can that's all i have to say about that but on top of that there's also the tv series which is available on dc universe and i think the cw now so if you have tv or if you have sling tv it should be available to watch on there the swamp thing tv series is so so good i was actually going to mention it later but i might as well mention it now keep us on track keep us on theme and please, please give it a watch. They only had one season because of just, I think, production issues. I don't know the exact reason, but it is what it is. And hopefully we can get some more. And if you watch it more, we have a higher chance of getting it. Another recommendation that I can make for comics might surprise you because you'll probably be like, what is that? It's called The House of Secrets. And it's various different one-off horror shorts that were released from 1956 to 1978, roughly. Or maybe I have those numbers a little mixed up. But it's around that time frame. And it's various different creative. You'll look at the cover art. You'll see the cover art and you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is number one, creepy. And <laughs> number two, something that you can imagine reading by the fire late at night or enjoying on your own. It, it's a fun, scary time. And a lot of people see comics as kid stuff, but this proves otherwise. And it's very inventive and unique. And it's actually how we got introduced to Swamp Thing originally. It was the first appearance of him. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> he shows up. It's really, really underrated horror. It's a lot of fun. And I have a great time reading it. I can't recommend it enough. If you can find it, though, that's the one thing that I'll add. It's going to be a little bit more difficult to find, which is why I'm pushing Swamp Thing uh, before I push House of Secrets. Because, well you're probably going to have a difficult time finding it. <laughs> I'll put it that way. But to end my little comic spiel, I'm actually going to mention something that is not necessarily Halloween themed, but since the months are getting colder and we're starting to head towards Christmas and fall, like it's probably a difficult time for a lot of people. You might be separated from your families. It might be difficult for you to see people. You might be working or might be busy or stressed and for a lot of people they may not have someone to spend the holidays with and I wanted to encourage you to read all-star Superman which is one of the single best Superman comics of all time I would say that it is personally that's my opinion <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people might actually agree with me on this because all-star Superman is such a great example of not only how great this character is but about how strong hope can be. There's so many moments in this where I feel like I was becoming a better person because I was seeing someone, a character that I'd identified with my whole life and known as this comic book character and a superhero who was doing things and hitting on points that felt relevant to me. Themes about hope, about feeling lost, and about overcoming these small, these things that seem so large at the time and taking small steps and doing what you can with the time that you have left in order to make your life happier and to do well by others and to inspire other people to do that same thing it's really special and it almost makes me emotional talking about it <laughs> i can't i can't talk about this without being emotional which is okay there's nothing wrong with that but this comic is amazing and if you feel down or if you feel like maybe you are having a difficult time this holiday season, take a look at this book and hopefully you can be reminded of all the wonderful things that this life can provide 
and maybe what we can all do to be better people and to live better, stronger lives. And that's just what I think. And I hope that you guys would agree with me. <laughs> and uh, I know you're probably like, why is All-Star Superman on a Halloween slash like seasonal themed episode? But I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there for you. <laughs> Hopefully you like it. Either way, we're going to talk about it in a future episode. So please, please, please give it a shot. And finally, I wanted to talk about one last TV series, one that is very near and close to my heart. And I'm sure a lot of people actually were like, really? Like, that's wow. It's Doom Patrol. It's on HBO Max. And I hope you guys have HBO Max. If not, please find a way to get it and <laughs> give this show a watch. It is fantastic. It is so well written. The characters are amazing. We have so many different, unique, interesting, flawed, and complex characters that I found myself rooting for, even though I I know the actors who are in it. One of the main actors who plays Robot Man is Brendan Fraser from The Mummy and Journey to the Center of the Earth. And this is one of my favorite roles that he's ever played. He is at the top of his game in this entire series. And we also have a former James Bond in this as well, Timothy Dalton. He plays the chief. He's so good. Matt Bomer's in here and oh, I just I'm I'm blanking on a couple of the other names, but Diane Guerrero as well. If you're an orange is the new black fan, she's in this. She's great. Give her more work. <laughs> Anyone who's out there listening, hire her for whatever you are producing, because if you don't have a spot for her, you better make one. She's awesome. And I can't wait to see what else she's in. Everyone in the show is awesome. I, I keep saying that, but. April Bowlby's really, really good as Rita Farr, too. I I keep saying great things about this, and I'm sure that you can understand now that the next step that you have to take is to watch it. It's weird. There is a plot line about going into a donkey through their butt, and if you weren't expecting me to say that in such a short amount of time, we'll get ready for this entire season, <laughs> this entire series, in fact. I don't want to spoil anything else because it is disgustingly weird, and amazing and a ton of fun and it's perfect for the holidays and this holiday season so give it a watch go ahead binge it there's 24 episodes it should pass you by and i'm so thrilled to you know hear you guys' feedback on these shows and hopefully you find something new that you didn't think about but happy holidays everyone happy halloween i'm sure that a lot of people will probably be listening to this after halloween because we are producing it right around the same time but the these things are year round, especially for me, but I'm hoping that maybe you can just go, hey, like it's perfect. Like and you watch it and you go, like, hey, well, now I'm going to watch it next Halloween or hey, I'm going to watch it now. And Black Christmas, you can watch in Halloween. And at the same time, you can also watch it during Christmas or November. November is a great <laughs> November is a month, too, guys. And watch V for Vendetta during that month, <laughs> just because November, November, the 5th of November. But remember, I, I messed it up. Remember, remember the 5th of November. If anyone who didn't know, the guy who wrote Swamp Thing, Alan Moore, also wrote V for Vendetta, the comic series. So those are my recommendations. I hope you found something maybe you like, but go ahead and give them all a watch if you can. Go ahead and give them a read. Look at all these things, and I hope you guys are well. Happy holidays to everyone who's out there listening. Please, please, please take care of yourself. Be safe. And... That's all for me, you guys. You guys have a great one, and I look forward to speaking with you soon.